Amen. Can you all hear me? Can we all shout, Amen? It's nice to be here. When I say it's nice to be here, you must say it's nice to be here. After me, then. It's nice to be here. I will say it in Kosa. Let's say it again. Amen. This is a great moment. Ah, we thank you, Jesus. We thank you, we thank you. Uh, I just want to welcome everyone who's here. First of all, I just want to greet my leaders in the name of our Lord Jesus. Amen. I want to greet my fathers. Amen. In the house, my mothers, young people, the next generation. Amen. Can you give a round of applause for the next generation? Amen. Amen. I also want to greet our Sunday school, teenagers in Sunday school. Amen. In the name of our Lord Jesus. Can you hear Kailicha Kailicha in the house? Is Kailicha here? Again. Can you hear Kailicha in the house? Can you hear Zola in the house? Yeah! Can you hear Somerset West in the house? Okay. Kailicha, can we do it again? Please, can you do it again? Can we hear Kailicha in the house? Wow, this is great. Can you just look for someone that you don't know and greet him or greet her? Amen. Someone that you don't know, someone that you never met, just search for someone that you don't know and just greet them. all the preschool kids to go upstairs, amen, where they will have fun and enjoy their moment, amen. So every preschool kid, if you have a preschool kid, please take them upstairs in the name of our Lord Jesus, amen. amen. Yeah. We're about to worship now. Who's happy to be here? I'm so excited. I'm so excited. Can you say thank you, Jesus, for the cross? Thank you, Jesus, thank you, Jesus for the cross. I'm alive because you died for me. Thank you, Jesus. I'll just read the book of Psalms 34. Amen. It reads as follows. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul shall make it its boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear of it and be glad. Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. I sought the Lord and he heard me and delivered me from all my fears. They looked to him, uh, they looked to him and were radiant, and their faces were not ashamed. This poor man cried out, and the Lord heard him and saved him out of all his troubles. The angel of the Lord encamps all around those who fear him and delivers them. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the name who trusts in him. Can we please just raise up our hands and just close up your close your eyes? Father, we just want to thank you for this wonderful moment. You are worthy. You deserve all the glory, Lord Jesus. You are the only one who is qualified to be worshipped by us, Lord God. You are the only one who is qualified to be praised by us, Lord Jesus. I pray, Father, 
is we're going to worship you in song, in dance, Lord Jesus. We're going to encounter you, Father. We pray for your touch. We pray for you to move in our midst right now. In the name of our Lord Jesus, we thank you, Father. Amen.
generation, your chosen people, sons and daughters of the living God, amen, that's who we are, that's who we are.
you stand secure upon the rock of Jesus Christ of a foundation that can never be denied no power can overcome because our God is on our side we stand secure we stand secure upon the rock of Jesus Christ of a foundation Oh 
word of the Lord says in Psalms, how nice are the brethren are together in unity. Amen. We thank God for this gathering today. I would like us to pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray for your supernatural unity among us, for divine grace, for unity, for divine grace, Lord, I pray that the cooperation, Lord God Almighty, among us, bind us with your love, with your peace that surpasses human mind. Father God, I pray in the name of Jesus, Lord, that you manifest among us in unity. Lord, I pray that you guide us and lead us, Holy Spirit, to do it without the limitation of natural. Father God, we pray right now rest upon us as we are here, Lord, looking upon you in the mighty name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Let's give God a round of applause. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. At this point in time, I want to urge you to take just one person that you don't know. Just look at the person that you don't know so just to make the group of twos. Then you are going to pray for that person. Somebody that you, didn't, you never met or doesn't fellowship with you. Can you do that for me? We are going to pray. Hallelujah. We are going to pray. Hekete <laughs> Ila la masata ya bahosa, hakala mahende lelele mesita, ripoko la hasanda la 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 bosa, ipakata la mahende lelele mesaya. Thank you, Jesus. Monda ya la hosa, ripakamandele osiande. Wonderful God, wonderful Savior, imahasata ya bahosa, hukata ya masetele bebebebe yanda la 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 masita. Thank you, Jesus. 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 You are so awesome. You are so great. Hallelujah. 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 Lord, we are so thank you. You are so awesome. Jesus, you are the great example. Thank you for your love. Thank you for your care. Thank you for gathering us and hiding us, Lord, in you. Your word says, Lord, you have plans for us, not to harm us, but to give us a great future. 
Lord, I pray that your light shine upon us all. In Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Let's give God a round of applause. Amen. Amen. Thank you, brother. It's so good to be together. Can we say amen to that? I'd like us to give a warm welcome. Uh, we are not just uh, Every Nation Helderberg, and when I say Every Nation Helderberg, we three churches, Zola, Kailicha, and Samsung West. How amazing is that? But I'm not just saying hi to you guys. We also have friends here all the way from Cincinnati, Ohio, from Cross, Cross uh, Point Church, right? Yes, over there. Can we just welcome them with a warm African <clears throat> welcome this morning? That's wonderful. If you are a guest with Every Nation Helderberg this morning, if you are here maybe for the first time joining us in um, from the Somerset West side or from the Zola side or from the Kailicha side, the first time you are with us. Can you just put up your hand? We just want to welcome you. Any first time people? Can we welcome them with a loud cheer? Amen. My name is Pierre and it's the joy this morning to open the word of the Lord with you. We're going to be in Psalm 126. It's a word that the Lord has put on my heart for the past couple of weeks that I believe is not just a study of what God has done, but I believe a prophetic word for what God is yet to do. So without further ado, let's read our passage this morning. We'll pray, and then we're going to get right into what's on God's heart for us, His people. Psalm 126, uh, let's read together. When the Lord restored the fortunes of Zion... We were like those who dream. Then our mouth was filled with laughter and our tongue with shouts of joy. And they said among the nations, the Lord has done great things for them. The Lord has done great things for us. We are glad. Restore our fortunes, O Lord, like streams in the Negev. Those who sow in tears shall reap with shouts of joy. He who goes out weeping, bearing the seed of sowing, shall come home with shouts of joy, bringing his sheaves with him. Lord, we thank you for your word. We thank you that it's clear. We thank you that it's the light unto our path. We thank you, Lord, that this morning your word and your spirit is what brings us together. May your word be illuminated by your spirit this morning in every heart, in every soul, in every church, in each one of us in such a way, Lord, that we would leave you changed. Lord, may there be streams in any desert places that we might face, Lord. And may we leave you singing like we arrived because of what you've done and what you are yet to do. Lord, I pray that you would anoint the preaching of your word this morning in Jesus' name. And we all say, amen. I want you to look around because when I look around, I ask the question, is this a dream? Is this a dream? Is I, am I asleep or is this truly actually happening? Seeing us worshiping together as one because God is building his church. You know what it's like when something happens to you that is so big that you're like, you have to pinch yourself? Like, is this even true? Maybe you've You've had that baby that you've been trusting the Lord for and that child is born and that child is healthy and it feels like a dream in that moment. 
maybe a family member comes to visit and you haven't seen one another for so long or you get to go to family and for the first few hours you're like, is this even happening? This psalm speaks about people that were so amazed at what God was doing that they said it felt like we were dreaming. Is this a dream? 40 years ago, this was a dream for our nation, to worship as one like this. And here we are living in that dream. Sometimes we trust the Lord for things, and it takes a whole lot of time. And this psalm is going to show us just how we position ourselves to keep on dreaming, to keep on living in life saying, is this even true? Is God so good that I get to enjoy all of this? And it is, my friends, that's the message this morning to all of our hearts. Psalm 126 is what they call a psalm of ascent. The people used to sing the psalm and recite it as they went to the place of worship. I dream about the day where people don't wait before the band starts playing, but that they walk to church singing. Ooh, can you imagine that? Helena saying, Ooh, the worship team will have the best day ever if they don't even have to rehearse because the people have been rehearsing their singing all along. That's a psalm of a saint. People are so in awe of what God has done that they keep on singing. They don't go to church to sing. They take their singing to church. This is what these people were doing. They were ascending to the meeting place with songs of praise in their lips. But what's interesting about this psalm is it indicates that they were in a difficult time. Because at some point in the psalm, they request, will you restore us again? I love how there's a people who sang even when the times were hard. What can God do with a church that says, I'm gonna keep praising even though difficult times are coming my way. And in the psalm, they remembered all the work of Jehovah over the people of God up until this point. They didn't forget. They remembered the beauty of God taking them out of captivity and brought them out of exile back to their land, back to their city, back to Zion. They remember the times when Zion was oppressed and there were difficult times in, in, amongst the people of God because of oppression and God has brought breakthrough. They keep remembering the good things God has done. Have you remembered Jesus this morning? The fact that you have breath in your lungs has got to give us reason to sing. There's so much that we could be grateful for just in today. And if we pause, we can actually look at our own lives and say, is this a dream that I get to live in this life, in this generation, in this day with God's people? When the Lord turned again the captivity of Zion, we were like them that dream. God is a God of again. Again and again and again, he turns our brokenness, our darkness into light. And he's a God of restoration. Zion in the Old Testament was the meeting place of God. It was the place of the people of God where they were together in the presence of God. And today we are that modern day Zion because we, the church, have become the dwelling place of God for the presence of God unto the purposes of God. 
Hebrews 12 makes it so clear. You have come to Zion, the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem. That's us. Look around you. This is Zion. This is the place where God dwells. He dwells within his church, within his people. We are a royal priesthood, friends. We are a holy nation. We are set apart to proclaim the excellencies of God into our world because we have come to become that place where God has come to dwell. And we've got to believe that no matter what season we find ourselves in, that like this psalm, we can sing, God, you can do it again. Restore once more unto us the freedom that comes with being your people. We've got our own stories and our own lives, each one of us, of hard times. But we're singing this morning because God is good. We've got our own stories as communities, be it in Somerset West or Strand or Gordons Bay or Solaris Pass, Zola, Luandle, Kailicha, South Africa. We have our stories of pain and difficulty, but the people of God knows that our heritage is not in a land. It is in a kingdom that cannot be shaken. So whatever we face in this world, we will go out singing, Lord, do again what only you can do. Set free the captives, those who's finding it that hard in today. God had, 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 had us see dreams before. My question this morning to you, are you ready to see God letting us see dreams again? We've seen our nation change before because of God's faithfulness. Charles Spurgeon puts it like this, let our hearts gratefully remember the former loving kindness of the Lord. We were sadly low, sorely distressed, and completely past any hope. But when Jehovah appeared, he did not merely lift us out of despondency, he raised us into a wandering happiness. He turns exile into ecstasy and banishment into bliss. And these people had a reason to sing. When God comes to our situations, time and time again, we will say, is this a dream? Is this even true? Is this really happening? I want to say this morning that he can do it again for our nation. He can do it again for our families. He can do it again for our marriages. He can do it again for our children. He can do it again for our economy. He can do it again for our healing. He can do it again for our provision. He can do it again for his church. And what we are experiencing here is just a little taste of God building a far greater dream. Let's look into the psalm and exactly what it means. The first thing that happened in the psalm is they were remembering their deliverance. Remembering deliverance. They remembered the time when God has brought them out of captivity, out of difficulty, and they said, then our mouths were filled with laughter and our tongue with shouts of joy. We do well when we remember the deliverance God has given us before. Oh, how so quickly we forget. When we're in difficult moments again, we forget how he has delivered us before. But these people knew we've got to remember. We've got to remember there was a time that we were in exile. We couldn't even live in our own country but God brought us out of this. There was a time where there was oppression over the work of God in the city of God, Jerusalem. But God has delivered us 
his people. Our souls, our mouths, our city, the streets, our children, our homes need to be filled with laughter, friends. And it doesn't come from anywhere else except from him. The one who gives our souls what we need, the deliverer. He is the joyful God of joy. He is the joyful God of joy. If you've been presented with a God that is only harsh and judgy, I'm sorry about that. But the God of the Bible is a God of joy. And he is joyful in himself. And when he works amongst his people, there'll be joy amongst these people. Can I get a shout of joy this morning? Can I get a shout of joy? Some of you need to up that. Can I get a shout of joy? There we go, sister. Can I get a shout of joy? Amen. You know, these moments in church is always awkward. Can he just stop doing that? David did it. He said, my soul will bless the Lord. And he speaks to his soul and he says, bless the Lord because I remember his deliverance. So can I ask you, can we get a shout of joy this morning for what God has done for us, his people? We are living in the dream that Jesus and the Father and the Spirit have been dreaming all along. We are living in it. It's happened, friends. We are in it. We've got to remember what he has done. You've got to remember, sometimes you've just got to wake up your soul. You know us whiteies, we're not like that, eh? It's so, ooh, no, this is uncomfortable. Can I get all the whiteies to shout this morning? A shout of joy. One, two, three. Amen. Not only is it remembering his deliverance, but it's repeating his praises, repeating his praises. It says, the Lord has done great things for them. And in case you didn't hear, <laughs> the Lord has done great things for us. We are glad. We do well when we keep living in the praise of what God has done. We've got to keep repeating. We've got to keep on remembering, but then we've got to keep repeating what God has done for us in our life. When was the last time that you repeated to someone else what God has done for you? You see, our life happens and we walk through it and we stop repeating His praises. There is a higher purpose to our deliverance and that is His praise. We are delivered and set free so we can praise the name above all names, the one in heaven who's deserved that if he had to walk into the room, we would fall face down onto the floor because he is that beautiful. We've got to keep repeating the praise of God in our homes, in our own lives, in our daily walk with Jesus when we are together as the church. People who get the joy of God keeps on giving it back to him. And as they do, more joy comes. If you haven't had joy recently, here's a little encouragement. Start praising. Yeah, you know, I'm not like that. I'm not the guy to put up some music and start singing. Have you ever tried it? Maybe you are like that. Yeah, but I'm the, you know, I'm the quiet kind. I don't know, when I read the Bible, we call to shout of praise. You were designed for that by our Father. 
So are you limiting his work in your life by saying, ah, it's not me? Can we be a people who keeps repeating his praises? When we walk down the streets of Zola, Kailicha, Lawandle, we just speak about God and what he's done for us. When we're in our schools, children, with our friends, we tell our friends about Jesus and about church and about this dream that we are living. When we are out there in our workplaces, we've got a song running in our souls that we even walk around our workplace singing, repeating his praises. It's not enough to only say once, look what he has done. Can we say it again? Can we be a people who repeat his praises? Thirdly, the psalm speaks about restoring wastelands. Restore our fortunes, O Lord, like streams in the Negev. This is a deep prayer. The Negev is a desert, dry, hot, arid, no water desert in the southern region, region of Judah. No water. And these people prayed and said, God, in this desert place, can you raise up a stream of living waters? Let it come and flow in the most unusual place. Because you've done that before for us as a people. And this is what God does. Can we start dreaming that he will bring water into our dry souls, that he will bring water into our thirsty communities, that he will bring streams of life in those places where it feels like it is dead. That's the God who he is, and these people knew it because their history has shown it. If we go to Isaiah 35, I'm just gonna read Isaiah 35, a prophetic utterance to you this morning. The wilderness... And the dry land shall be glad. There it is, the wasteland. It shall be glad. Not it might be, maybe. No, it shall be glad. The desert shall rejoice and blossom like the crocus. It shall blossom abundantly and rejoice with joy and singing. Strengthen the weak hands and make firm the feeble knees. Say to those who have an anxious heart, if you've got an anxious heart this morning, say to those who have an anxious heart, be strong, fear not, behold your God. Look at God, behold your God. He will come with vengeance. He will come and save you. Then the eyes of the blind shall be opened and the ears of the deaf unstopped. Then shall the lame man leap like a deer and the tongue of the mute shall sing for joy. For waters break forth in the wilderness and streams in the desert. The burning sand shall become a pool and the thirsty grounds spring up water. Isn't that amazing? The place where we've walked on the sand and it's burning our feet because it's so hot becomes a pool of water. That's the God we get to celebrate this morning. The one who restore our wastelands. Isaiah 43 again. We read it once more. Behold, I'm doing a new thing. Now it springs forth. Do you not perceive it? I will make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. The wild beasts will honor me, the jackals and the ostriches. I love that. It's like an African psalm, right? The jackals and the ostriches. Come on, if the jackals and the ostriches are repeating their praises to God because they get to drink water, how much more shall we? Because he's restoring the wastelands in our own life, community, and souls. 
I give water in the wilderness in case you haven't heard it, my people. Rivers in the desert to give drink to my chosen people. The people who I formed for myself that they might declare my praise. Another moment in 2 Kings chapter 3, it felt like the people of God are overcome by their enemies and they're running out of water and God sends a prophet and he says, go and dig some trenches because the Lord is going to send streams in the desert and you can go read the story. They dig the trenches. There's no water, but they're digging the valleys. They're digging the trenches and then God lets water come into those trenches so much so that their opponents, the enemies, saw the water during sunrise and it looked like blood and they said oh no they might have killed themselves and they ran away and the people of God ambushed them because God is a God who restore our wastelands do you still believe that do you still believe, believe that he can do that for you he can do it for your soul he can do it for your family he can do it for his church the church has been in such a interesting season a hard season. But I believe God has been building a dream. He's been building a stream. And that stream, I believe, is going to rise at the time when he says it's time for that stream to life. You see, what we want to do is we want to get out of the wilderness. I don't want the wilderness. I don't want the wasteland. I don't want the desert. Do you know that when you don't face that, the miracle isn't that amazing? If you just get to live in everything you want and you like, <laughs> you don't have to have any faith for a miracle. But because he restores wasteland, it shows us a God that is far mightier than the natural world we see. So instead of trying to get out of your wilderness, out of the desert, can you have faith that in your moment of difficulty, God is building a stream, and at the right time, that stream is going to rise up, and you're going to be drinking living waters that's never going to let you thirst again. I think about the wasteland or the desert of the people of God for 400 years, the 400 years of silence between the Old and the New Testament. You know what God was doing? He was building the streams of his Messiah to come. I think about the wasteland of our own nation of 50 years of apartheid. You know what God was doing? He was building the streams of life to come to our nation. I think about the wasteland of two years of COVID. You know what our God is doing? He is building streams to rise in the wasteland. And whatever you are facing this morning, believe that God is building a stream because he is one that restores our wastelands into a place where our thirst is quenched. Come on, can I get a praise for God this morning? The fourth thing we see in the psalm is that there's reaping joy. Those who sow in tears shall reap with shouts of joy. It's an upside-down kingdom that we are a part of. He gives us beauty for ashes. He gives us dancing instead of mourning. He takes those moments that we cry when our soul is so, so desperate. And he turns it around. And he gives us the gift of joy. Some of you have sown fields of tears. Maybe you're hearing that this morning, like, that's still my story. It's only been tears. 
I believe this morning God wants to change that around for you and give you that joy. Some of you have been faithfully sowing tears for family, circumstances, your community, your street, your workplace, whatever it might be. God is a God who sees all of those tears and all of those prayers, the Bible says, goes up like incense before him in heaven. He receives it, but oh, then he steps into our wasteland and he gives us abundant joy. Do you have faith that God can turn your crying into praise this morning? I wanna take a moment here before I continue, and I'm almost done with my word, to pray for those that feel like it's only been sowing in tears lately. And I'm not going to ask you to stand. We're not going to play any music. If there's anyone like that in that room, can you just put up your hand and say, yeah, that's me. I feel like it's only been sowing in tears lately. Thank you. Anyone else? Can we just, just put your hand up high? Can those around them put hands on them and let's pray that something would change? Come on, church. Let's reach out to them. We're going to pray for these right now that needs this prayer. Lord, you stand over your word to perform it. Your word says that those who sow in tears will reap with joy. And I pray, Jesus, standing on your word and knowing what you have done for us, that today would be a new day for my friends. That today would be the day, Lord, where that harvest that they've been sowing will turn and it will start growing, Father that they would have joy come to their hearts, Lord, that something in their world and their circumstance will change, that they too can say, God has changed my wilderness into a stream of life. Lord, as we put our hands on them, as we stand with them as brothers and sisters, Lord, may we trust that you are a God who brings joy out of this sorrow because your word says so. And the people of God agrees and says Amen. Last thing we notice in this psalm is that there are repeating harvests. God is not just a God of once. He's a God of again. Repeating harvests. Those who go out weeping, carrying seed to sow, will return with what? With songs of joy. Why? Because they're carrying a harvest, sheaves with them. What's a sheaf? Let me quickly explain. They go out with seed and they sow the seed and then the seed grows into a plant, okay? Different kinds of plants, different kinds of crops. But sheaves are like those big, round, fat, full pieces of whatever it is that they gathered that they're carrying back home. And God doesn't just do this once in our life. When we are the people of God, he repeats that pattern in our lives once more and once again. And this psalm speaks about a coming harvest, that there's still a harvest to come for us, his people. And you know when we are really going to be carrying sheaves is that moment when Jesus returns on the clouds and we're going to enter into heaven with fullness of joy. Because we have labored through this life with him faithfully. But I believe it also speaks prophetically of a church that says, we will keep doing the work of God in the fields of God because there's others that we've got to pick up and bring along. Bring them to their father. 
We might be in captivity. We might have sown only tears, but remember this, harvest time is coming. Harvest time is coming. I believe for some of you this morning, the harvest time is coming for those things that you've been trusting God for. I believe it's coming to our community where we're gonna see a salvation of souls like never before. Where we have labored and said, God, please, let us reach the lost. But you know what? It's not just a once-off harvest. It's a repeating harvest. Harvest time will come again. There's moments in our walk with Jesus where he breaks through and then there's difficulty. But you know what? He comes and he breaks through once again. Repeating harvest, that's the heart of our Father. And I wanna read you one small passage from a book called The Treasury of David around this specific point. Listen carefully. He speaks about the idea of going with seeds, weeping seeds, and then returning with a harvest. And he speaks about the man or the woman who lives there. He says, he leaves his couch to go forth into the frosty air and tread the heavy soil. And as he goes, he weeps because of past failures or because of the ground that is sterile or the weather that is so unreasonable or his corn that was so scarce, or the enemies so plentiful and so eager to rob him of his reward. He drops a seed and a tear, a seed and a tear. And so he goes on his way. In his basket he has seed which is precious to him, for he has little of it, and it is his hope for next year. Each grain leaves his hand with anxious prayer that it may not be lost. He thinks little of himself, but thinks much of his seed. And he eagerly asks, will it prosper? Shall I receive a reward for my labor? Yes, doubtless you will gather sheaves from your sowing, because the Lord has written, doubtless. Take heed that you do not doubt. No reason for doubt can remain after the Lord has spoken. You will return to this field not to sow, but to reap. Not to weep, but to rejoice. And after a while you will go home with nothing less than a heavier load, for you shall have sheaves to bear with you. Your handful shall be so greatly multiplied that many sheaves shall spring from it, and you shall have the pleasure of reaping them, bringing them home, to place them where you went out in weeping before. Isn't that profound? That's what God does. And that is what the psalm is all about. And ultimately, this psalm points us to Jesus, our dream fulfiller. And here's why. He is the great deliverer. As we remember his deliverance, he is the great deliverer. Secondly, he is the praiseworthy king. As we think about him and what he's done, we can't help but repeat his praises over and over again. Thirdly, he is the restorer. He is the one that found the woman at the well whose soul was so thirsty and said, let me bring living waters out of your wilderness. And her life was forever changed. He is the man of joy. Jesus himself was joy personified. And then this, 
is the ultimate harvester. Because at some point, he carried the seed of his own life with tears. And he walked this earth, given up his right as God to become man. And in the garden before the cross, we see how much tears was in his soul when he cried out to the Father. But those tears continued to the cross when he said, Father, why have you forsaken me? The darkest moment in his life was Jesus carrying the seed of tears of his own life. And he went out into the field and he dropped that seed with tears. Three days later, three days later, there was a harvest. And Jesus returned with shouts of joy. The seed was his life. But I can see him ascending to heaven, saying, Father, I've got them. I've got them. I've harvested the whole world. We've got them. Look. And he walks into heaven with the whole earth in his hands. And he said, the tears that I've sown for these people are turning into joy because you have saved their souls. So Psalm 126 is all about a Jesus that steps into our lives. And he has saved us. He has sown his life so that he can pick us up and present us blameless before the Father. And church, if that is not reason to say, are we in a dream? Then I don't know what is. He took my shame. He took my sin. He took my guilt. He laid it upon himself. He died with those tears, with that anguish, so that he can present us to the Father. We are the harvest. Isn't he amazing? So I don't know where you are this morning. Maybe you don't know Jesus at all. Maybe you haven't felt that change on the inside of being born again. Where you know that He has picked up your life and He has taken your dry and thirsty soul and He's given you a river. I don't know if that's you. Maybe this morning, we already prayed for some of you this season have just been so long the tears have been endless maybe you've stopped repeating your praises you know how we get to the other side we go back to the cross because at the cross when Jesus sowed his life he picked up each one of us and he wants to present us to the Father. And He is the God of again. He doesn't just do it once. He does it time and 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 time again until He returns. Maybe you've sinned and you feel far from Him. Go to the cross. It's time and time again He says, okay, you are the harvest that I died for. I'm gonna go and present you to the Father. Jesus, I pray for your church this morning. I pray, Lord, that you would move in your church. I pray, Lord, that your living waters would flow 
over our souls this morning. That it would flow over our souls. Each one of us this morning, Lord, receive that touch from you to know, Jesus, that you have sown so that we can be the harvest that you have taken with shouts of joy. The worship team is going to minister a familiar song to us. Make this your prayer this morning. You can sit, you can stand, you can kneel. But this is your moment to notice Jesus who got up from heaven, who sowed his life with tears and who has caught us out of darkness and put us into the kingdom of light. Let's take a moment to pray through this song. Let your living water flow over my soul. Let your Holy Spirit come and take control of every situation that is troubled.
precious opportunity to give your life to the Lord Jesus Christ and you hear the call of the Lord you hear God saying the time for you to do life alone has come to an end it's time to come to the Lord for with the Lord there is 
assurance of victory. You want to give your life. Something is telling you in your spirit that it's time to give your life to Jesus. And you can't hold back. You know that. Would you please just raise your hand so we can ask for the church to pray with you, family. You have never given your love to the Lord. Just raise up your hand and let's just pray together with you. This is a precious moment for anybody yes, who feels that the Lord is calling him to give his life to Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. If I haven't seen you, please, uh, if, uh, you know, I haven't noticed you, please, you can uh, even, you know, rise up or come forward, family. We are many here. I might uh, miss you. God bless you. Hallelujah. May we be seated a moment. Praise the name of Jesus. As we take uh, the communion. Family, there is a scripture. I'm going to say something, my brother. While you were ministering, um, I had this vision and I began to cry. Uh, I think two weeks back, we had uh, Kalman, uh, Joel Kalman from the state, was ministering at our church. Uh, uh, and we interpret there. So I had to, to, uh, to take the second microphone to interpret as he was preaching in English. I mean, the U.S. accent, you know, you have to listen carefully. Amen. So I had to listen carefully so that I can be clear of the, the, the words. Hallelujah. So the amazing part, you know, I'm just reminded when you were ministering, I saw you now sweating in your ears that the Holy Spirit was causing you to sweat. You know, uh, you know, you know sweating, you know, when we cry in the presence of God, we sweat. Amen. <laughs> I call it sweating. I heard it from uh, <laughs> uh, um, a pastor from Manila. I just forgot the name. Uh, yes, Pastor Feli said, uh, you, know, you know, when we cry, we sweat. Amen. So the amazing part with, you know, between I and him, he's this person who, who just cries. Amen. So he started to sweat, to cry while he was ministering. And I was amazed that the Holy Spirit would touch me to sweat also at the same time. Interpreting in words and in tears. Hallelujah. It was amazing family. So while you were ministering, I saw a huge hand stretched like this. And I was asking myself, what does this mean? What is the message behind this vision that I'm seeing while you are ministering? More especially when you were talking about those who sow in tears will reap in joy. And as you paused, ask us to go and pray for each other, for those who feel that like they need prayer. And God gave me this word, family, before we just quickly go to the communion. In Isaiah 41, verse number 10, just, and I, I believe that this word is for us. More so is for all the nations represented here. There are many nations that are represented here. And this word belongs to those nations. Let's take this word out. In verse 10 it says, Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. Yes, I will help you. I will uphold you 
with my righteousness or with my righteous hand. Amen. So this is the word that God gave me. Let us embrace this word as we have been invited, as we have been invited of what he did before. Through this ministry, it was a prophetic word all the way, reminding us of the faithfulness of our Father. Lord. So he's saying now, he's with us, every step of the way. Father, thank you, Lord, for reminding us that as you did it before, you shall do it again. We thank you. We honor you for that. Thank you, Jesus, for your grace, for your love in our midst. Thank you, Lord, that you always express your presence, that we may know that your presence is with us. In Jesus' name, amen. Family, let's quickly go to, to the short scripture as we take the communion. In the book of First uh, Corinthians chapter 11, reading from verse 23. For I received from the Lord that which also I delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus Christ, on the same night in which he was betrayed, took the bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take, this is my body, which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same manner, he also took the cup of the supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death till he comes. Family, we hear very well the scripture that as we are about to take the communion, the communion, this communion uh, reminds us of something which I want to just share with us, that it carries a remembrance that as we take this bread and this cup, we remember the sacrifice that the Lord Jesus Christ did. We remember when his body was broken for our salvation. We remember when his blood was spilled all over the streets of Jerusalem up to that hill on that hill where he was hung and his blood was shed and you know our sins were forgiven we were purchased by that precious blood so he says we must always as we take this cup and this bread remember that ultimate sacrifice hallelujah and as you remember it, but we must also remember that Jesus is coming back. Hallelujah. We must take it, declaring, proclaiming that he died on the cross. The blood was shed. The price of sin was fully paid. 
Now we are the righteousness of God. But when we continue to read, which I'm not going to read, but there is a part that he, he wants the church to, to, to take this service of communion in a worthy manner. Hallelujah. So as I looked at it, Paul was helping that church, yes, uh, to, to know that this is a sacred service. Yes, it, it must be approached uh, with reverence. Hallelujah. Yes, with meditation where we want to allow the Holy Spirit to remind us of what happened. Hallelujah. So that we can stand firm in season and out of season. Just to encourage us, how do we take this communion in a worthy manner? Hallelujah. There is a scripture in the Bible, in the book of uh, um, uh, uh, Hebrews chapter um, 4, verse number 16. It talks of Jesus Christ as a high priest, high priest and a compassionate priest. That he went to heaven, hallelujah, to represent us there, to intercede for us there. He prays for us and now he invites us to come with boldness. Come bold before the throne of grace. Hallelujah. The worthy manner as we take this, it must remind us that the blood of Jesus paid the price in full. Now we are accepted. We can come before the throne of grace with boldness. We must not hold back. We must not step back. We must not hold that guilty conscience because the price was fully paid. In Hebrews 9 verse 12, it says, He went up in the heavenlies with his own blood. He entered the, the heavenly sanctuary with his own blood because he's a high priest. Now he says, as he entered in the heavenlies, he obtained eternal redemption for us. So as we remember the communion, we must know that we are redeemed eternally. It is not temporal. It's not, it's not coming to an end anytime soon. It's eternal. Hallelujah. This redemption is eternal. The last encouragement in, in the book of uh, Hebrews chapter 10 from verse 21 says, having this high priest who is Jesus Christ our Lord over the house of God, let us come before him with a clean heart. Hallelujah. A pure heart. Hallelujah. With assurance of faith. Hallelujah. With our hearts sprinkled with this blood of Jesus Christ. In other words, don't come before God full of fear, full of self-judgment. Hallelujah. Come as you are. Hallelujah. He accepts us as we are. Give him your all. He wants you the way you are. He has got power to fix us. Don't bear a heavy heart. And he says with assurance of faith, let us not allow fear to chase us away from God, to misinterpret the love of God, the grace of God. Hallelujah.
come with assurance of faith that he will help me. He will help me. Number three. Yes, we are people. We live in this world. We fall short. But come. Knowing that this blood sprinkles our hearts every day. And we are washed in our bodies with the water. Which is his word. Let us pray as we take the thanks for the communion. Father God, thank you, Lord God, for this moment. As we acknowledge, as we remember, Lord, the sacrifice that our Lord Jesus Christ made. Will you help us, Lord God, with you revive us? Would you restore us, Lord? Would you strengthen us again, Lord God? Yes, Lord God, would give us passion to honor you and go out there, Lord God, and represent you in your mission. Would you heal us as the body? In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Family, we have got these uh, uh, two tables there. The, the table there and that other side. We can, um, and at the back, there are tables at the back. Yes, both sides at the back and at the front. Please, those who are closer to, the, to those tables, just walk and uh, take the cup and the bread and you go back to your seat. You pray for one another. We have, we have given thanks now. And you pray for one another as you drink the cup. In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen.
going to give you one more minute to conclude. And then we're going to conclude our service. this morning I'd love to invite you to stay behind there's some coffee and tea and water and some cookies to enjoy so let's hang out a little bit and fellowship go say hello to someone you don't know give them a hug find out what their name is continue to be the church praying for one another also when we leave you can just take your communion cups and just place it back on the tables that would be fantastic and I want to just bless you with those five things from Psalm 126 this morning. May you be blessed this week with daily remembering His deliverance over your life. May you be blessed this week with repeating praise in your soul to our King. May you be blessed this week as He brings water and revival to any barren place in your life. May you be blessed this week with reaping joy. May there be joy in your mouth every single day. Join your heart, join your soul. And may you be blessed this week with reaping a harvest of other people for the sake of our kingdom. Thank you for joining us this morning. Let's be blessed as we go out and spend time together over some coffee. And uh, let's give God one final cheer of praise for our time together. Amen.
so 